Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 28, with independent learning tech analyst, John Lay. Today, I interview Mike Martin, Chief Learning Officer of SAP Litmus, about the challenges and solutions of educating your extended enterprise audiences. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com. Well, like always, I'm jazzed for today's interview. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today, from the vendor expert standpoint, we have Mike Martin, who oversees the litmus learning strategy and all internal and external training initiatives, including the online customer-facing portal dubbed the Litmus Dojo. Many LMS solution providers don't use their own LMS to educate their training audiences, but not Litmus. They're always pushing the edge with their own customer education, their own employee education, to act as a guidepost for their clients. And Mike's going to tell us all about it. All right. Well, welcome, Mike. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, great. So happy to be here today. Excellent. Well, let's get right to it. A lot of people uh, may or may not be familiar with you, but your background as a learning professional is rich and deep and varied. And I'd love to know the path or led to the position of CLO at uh, SAP Litmus. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got uh, such a cool job? Yeah, you bet. It was an interesting path for me. I actually started when I was uh, in my teenage years. I worked at a summer camp, and I loved working with kids. That's really where I got my start. And one of the first summers that I worked at this camp uh, up in Washington State, they uh, opened up a ropes course. So we had a, a group called Project Adventure come in and build this ropes course. And and I don't know if you've ever done any of that kind of thing, John. Uh, getting up and jumping off a tra- you know, jumping off of poles to a trapeze, you know, 60 feet in the air, that type of stuff. I don't know. If Love you know. it the opportunity to do that but i was like sold right away right like yeah me and i got uh trained as a facilitator and i just fell in love with the idea that we could train people like who were just absolutely 100 percent afraid of something to get up and try it and then be able to have the conversation afterwards of like what do we learn from that experience and what did you learn about yourself and i was hooked from that day forward so i had a lot of experience in the experiential world in the, the outdoor education and team building world and then uh, through, throughout that, I really wanted to get the academic side of it, too, because I always thought I wanted to know how adults learned, right? I want to know, okay, I've got, I know practically how it works, the, the practical experiences, but I really wanted to know how they learn and, and what I should be doing from that side. So I went back to school and got my master's degree in instructional design and technology, and that really led to uh, me just taking more roles in the corporate world and working in a company in Chico called Build.com. And uh, Bill.com sells toilets on the internet. Uh, that's a funny way of saying it, but they do a lot more in the home improvement space. Uh, so I built a training department from scratch at Bill.com over the course of five or so years, and that's where I met the Litmus folks. In fact, Justin Hedinger, who is now our our chief uh, chief operating officer, he's the, he's the big dog. He was the only salesperson at the time, and he's the one who signed my contract back in 2011. And I was a customer for Litmus for all that time, all the way up till 2016. And wow. then. Yeah, so it was a really great experience, and I stayed connected to Litmus, and I mean, one of the things I loved most about the product, right, was the fact that they had these great people behind it, and that I really appreciated their uh, enthusiasm and, and their, their moxie, and, and I always wanted to stay connected, and if I was going to hitch my wagon to something, I wanted it to be a group like that. Uh, you know, it checked all the boxes for the features and functionality, but I really wanted it to be a personal experience, too, so... Yeah, and then uh, just strangely enough, I took another job and it didn't really work out the way I wanted it to. And I uh, reached out to Justin and said, hey, I'm going to start my own business creating content. You sell the LMS. I'd love to make content and uh, for people who need it. 
And he's like, I got a better idea. Why don't you come down and be a part of the team? And at that point, that was back in 2016, the very end. And uh, I've been here ever since. Wow, that's excellent. Well, I, I get to talk to a lot of uh, executives at uh, learning solution, learning technology solution organizations as part of my wonderful gig that I have. And it's rather unusual in, in my experience for an LMS company to have its own uh, CLO or chief learning officer, but uh, Litmus does. Why is that? To me, I think it comes down to the, the product that we want to give to the customers and realizing that we are a learning company, we need to drink our own Kool-Aid and do all that stuff as well, right? Like, uh, and, and that's the thing is that for us, we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we ask of our customers. And my role was really built to build out what we call the dojo. And our dojo is our uh, self-paced online learning platform for everybody. It's for our customers, our resellers, our, our uh, everybody, our partners, and then even our internal staff use the same instance uh, of, of the Litmus, which is, like I said, called the Dojo. And it's all of the features, functionalities, all of the things that they would need to understand the product. And I think that's why I was brought in to say, look, we need one person to really oversee the internal training for our staff and make it really consistent with the training that our customers get to make sure that they're all connected and speaking the same language. Because a lot of times they'll get on a call and they might say, hey, I did this training in the dojo and it was it said this. And then our reps will be able to say, yeah, I did the same one and I thought the same thing or hmm. I know exactly what you're where you're coming from. So that position was built to really as a unifying uh, consistency type position and also as a thought leader position as well because I mean I bring a lot of, of things and background uh, obviously from the different walks of life that I've had getting to here and being able to look forward and see you know what would be cool is right and and, and really trying to figure out some of the, the 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 next generation type stuff that we should be doing whether when we're making content making it multilingual uh, I mean with uh, Synthesia which is a really cool new product that we're working with some really fun stuff out there that we're that we're doing doing and uh, it's just really cool to, to be a part of that role. Well, that's interesting. What were your objectives for uh, customer learning when you began uh, the head of, of the dojo and have you met those expectations? Yeah, it's been an incredible journey with the dojo. I mean, we really jumped into it at the end of 2016 to understand what we had and where we needed to be. And at that point, there just wasn't a lot. There were a few courses in there. Uh, the I would say that the traffic was was pretty minimal. Uh, the amount of people in there uh, was under a thousand. You know the the type the accounts that were created in there. And my goals for that were, I mean, again, it's just like any good learning designer would would say is that I want to make sure that anyone taking our training is going to become competent and confident in their ability to use whatever it is or do whatever it is they're taking the training for. In this case, it's it's litmus. It's their ability to navigate through the tool to be able to spin it up the way they need to uh, make it work for their use case and their business. And and that's and to give them a way that they could do that on their own, uh, a self-paced uh, method that they could jump in at any point and any time and take training. Uh, and then, it, of course, it's one that, uh, that grows with them organically, meaning that as we have new updates uh, all of the time, every quarter, that we're adding the new courses to that and they have a place and one source of truth for them to come back to, to really understand how to use the tool. And we set up the dojo in many, in a couple different ways. We had customers say, look, we just, I only have five minutes, Mike, what can I learn about the dashboards and that? So we created a whole fast track set of courses that are just that they are, you know, three to five minutes. And it just gives you like the 75% of whatever it is you're trying to get. And then we have the, the, um, the belt courses, which is like white belt, green belt, and black belt. And those are like the deep dives, right? So we wanted to offer at every level for our customers to get them competent, 
confident, excited about the product and, and uh, keep them coming back. And as far as numbers are concerned, in just a few years, going from a thousand or less, we have over 20, 20K. I mean, there are people now active in the dojo and, and, and growing. I can't give you the exact number. It's a trade secret, but yeah, it's up there in the, in the 20s now, which was pretty amazing. Wow. Wow, that's great. Well, it's just you and me here on the call, so you don't that's have to. That's right. And our, and our closest friends, listen to me. <laughs> As you know, extended enterprise, so, uh, working with your customers or your channel partners, a lot of times can be and is its own separate kind of LMS initiative. Uh, conversely, organizations, strategic like yourself, uh, look at it that, that one system, you know, can be used for both your internal and, and your, your external Sure. But when organizations are in that that ladder in in your situation, there's a lot of questions about content. You know, is the uh, do you have different rules? You know, for your internal external is uh, are you only including content that is product knowledge content, and they have to go somewhere else for their compliance content, or is there a whole bunch of other off the shelf content or other things that you're doing for your employees? I guess my question is how alike, how homogenous, or unlike. Uh, are the two audiences and how you have to address them or how you do address them. Uh, what are your yeah, thoughts on all that? That's a great question, John. I, for us, I mean, since we use the same instance uh, for both our customers and our internal staff, you're right. There has to be a line in there where we have stuff that uh, our internal uh, employees see, of course, that our customers don't. And the beauty of that is within our product, within Limits, we, it's built for that. It's built to be able to divide out, whether it's in teams or brands or turning some courses visible in the, uh, the library or turning them off and only uh, searchable uh, and findable by uh, searching directly. Uh, we have all of those things built in for these exact cases. And it's because our customers tell us that that's what they want to. I mean, obviously we want that, but our customers, I mean, so much of what we do comes from their suggestions and saying, look, it would be great if, and that was one of the things that turned me on to Litmus at the very beginning was that when I talked to Justin, I was like, hey, you know, it would be great if you could do this. And he's like, you know what, let's see what we can do. And throughout my entire uh, career as an LMS admin, ha having Litmus as a product, that was, that was the thing. It was always like, yeah, let's figure out how to make that work for you. And that's still what we do today, even though we're, we're much bigger than they were back then. But in order to do that successfully, though, you're right. There are certain things that uh, we want one, one interested party to see and, and another not to. And we absolutely have the uh, ability to do that even automatically through our litmus assign rules and all of those things to to be able to really focus in to give people exactly what they need when they need it and not to see some of the other stuff and confuse them by all of that but I mean, we have a treasure trove of content too with our uh, Litmus Heroes content and all the compliance content Ooh. that we've created. I mean, yeah, we have we have a deep bag there for us to pull from for employees, but also for our customers. Um, but yeah, keeping that separate is pretty simple in the system. And I think it's great because I can put the courses in one place and uh, and, and only have them there rather than keeping two different instances uh, open and, and uh, up to speed, which is pretty great too. Clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I even know this certain analyst uh, that edits his own uh, audio podcast as part of his uh, as part of his duties. The uh, the, uh, the the content, the fast you know track. You know well, right? Is what I, I know. I know well. <laughs> the, the the fast track content and the belt content is yeah. a, a neat concept. So, a couple questions. Tell me about the medium uh, of each one of those. Uh, secondly, you know, how'd you create it? 
so some of the things that we do, like the fast track concept is the idea we want it to be really exciting and interesting and hold their attention. So they're all done in MPEG-4. Uh, we use After Effects and Premiere and we do um, animations and voiceover is really the structure for those. And cool. so everything is just fast and funny. We use a lot of humor because we know that the brain craves novelty. We know that people will uh, tune in and focus in on things that are, are a little bit out of the ordinary, that make them laugh, that make them memorable. So all of our fast track stuff has some really fun stuff in it. Like we have a, a llama corn in there. You'll have to look for, we have a wizard and eight bit graphics that takes you around and teaches you things. It's, I mean, just out there crazy. Right. And it, it's just so fun that people always come back to us and they say, man, that was just, that was cool to look at. Like I would come back and look at that just because it was a fun experience. So the fast track ones are those. And again, we're not trying to teach them everything. We're trying to mm -hmm. give them a nice whirlwind, 80%, 75%, somewhere in there, right, of like of what that can do. And then we push them towards the belt courses if they want to just know what every lever, what every button does, right? That's the uh, that's how that works. But yeah, MPEG-4, fun, fast in that medium. For the belt courses, we decided to go a little bit deeper into more traditional instructional design, and we use Articulate Rise for that. And huh. for a couple of reasons, one of the big ones is that I can produce content I don't know, uh, a th in a third of the time that I could any anywhere else because it's good enough. I mean, it's the way that they uh, paint by numbers and they give you these different blocks. It really works out well. Of course, it's uh, natively responsive to any device, which is really great. And it, it's super fast. And, and I really like the layout and the way that what they've done. And in that, mm -hmm. it's more text, uh, images. It's some video, uh, a lot of walkthroughs using uh, Camtasia. We'll do screen records and be like, hey, if you want to do a bulk import of users, watch this and we're going to show you how you walk through it. But just a quick 15 to 20 second clip or maybe a little bit longer than that, depending on what it is we're teaching. But we use the Articulate Rise and go SCORM for all of those things and, and uh, offer that up as an example. So what we wanted to do was never leave anybody wanting. Like we have people that are just like I said, I want quick, down and dirty, make it fast, uh, teach me what I can and I'll learn the rest on my own okay, you probably want to do the fast track stuff. And it's like, no, I want to know absolutely everything there is to know. Cool. You can do that too by going through the belts at your own pace, white and then the green and then the black belt. Mm -hmm. and, and when they get yeah. the belts, when they get the belts, is that something just for internal consumption? Like, hey, I'm a, a yellow belt or, or do people actually use that uh, to just build value inside your network of customers? So maybe yeah, somebody that, do. do they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because our tool is allows people to share their badges and and their uh, uh, certifications and such outside of Litmus, outside of the, of that. So uh, on on Twitter and those types of things. So we see that all the time, and it's really really great to see that people share those because we've gamified that whole thing, right? So you get the white belt, and we spend a ton of time, by the way, in the creative process and in the graphic design and the U the UX uh, the experience of it because we want we know that. Um, people want that, you know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's like, I always, I always liken it to making a stew, right? If I just throw the meat in there with some potatoes, it'd be good. It'd be sustenance. It makes sense. Like with the carrots, it'd be all right. And it would get the job done. But then once I start throwing the spices in John, like you think about it, right? A little paprika, a little this, all of a sudden that's when people go, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And to me, it's those little things that make the biggest difference. Just those little spices, I call them. And, and in, in that's making it just like, uh, a, a graphic dish uh, that winks at you when you finish. I don't know, just something, you know, that that's out of the ordinary and different and really thoughtful. And we find that that is, has boosted our engagement uh, a hundredfold. Just, just putting some time and effort into it and not just like, you know, uh, putting out content and being like, Oh, there it is. It's a PowerPoint and it's all, it's all text, <laughs> you know, 
because if that were the case, then people would enjoy that just if it was just about the content. My belief is they would enjoy that just as much as they do those fast track videos, I tell you, that are all scripted and animated and, and uh, voiceovers and, uh, you know, those types of things. But that's just not the case. We know huh. that doesn't track. Well, that's surprising because, you know, I like opening up in a PowerPoint and reading text. Yeah, it's uh, so to, fun, right? <laughs> to learn blocks stuff. of it, too. And then just blocks. Just, there's 75 yeah. more pages, right? <laughs> You're like, uh, oh, God. It's coming quick. It, it's going to be over fast. Yeah, so yeah. you talked about effectiveness. Uh, you talked before about growing up, you know, from 1,000 to 20,000 users. What are the measures uh, that you judge yourself by? You know, how do you know uh, the, the effectiveness or the impact, or do you know the effectiveness or the impact of customer education at Litmos? Is there, have you been able to tie it to um, winning new opportunities or, uh, I don't know, uh, increase in your customer satisfaction or renewal rate? Do you do anything like that, uh, of taking it to that level of business impact? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we use the tool itself, obviously, to, to measure some of these things, especially uh, the rudimentary things of just who took the courses and such. But when you get down to it, at the end of the day, what do we really want it? We want to know if, if it added value, if they, if they can do something better, different, strong, stronger, faster, right? So, or if things change. And for us, some of our metrics are definitely the customer sat. Uh, we look at that. We look at how many uh, tickets are put in uh, for different types of product related things, right? So of just not knowing how to do something. We look at that and reduction mm -hmm. in there, which we've seen. One of my favorite stories is one of our mentors. Um, when we when we turned the uh, the dojo on, I mean, we used to, our kickoff call with our mentoring program is usually about an hour long. And the customer, you kind of walk them through the basics of creating teams and getting people in the system and so forth. And it usually takes about an hour or so. And he was telling, relaying the story to me. He said, uh, after the dojo, we just decided to start pushing people there first to learn before and do like a blended approach where they learn a little bit and then we reinforce it in our call. And when the customer came on board, he's like, okay, let's start with this. And he's like, no, I'm good. He's like, I, I did the dojo classes and uh, I know this and I know this and I'm pretty clean about this and this makes sense. And he said it was over in 15 minutes. He's like, and they got the same amount of value as he would have in, in an hour plus with him on the phone. So we're seeing that too, that it's reducing the amount of time it takes for uh, for us to be uh, putting human people, you know, on those those mentoring calls, or it, it's just, and it's also making them just smarter when they come. They have better questions, because if you think about it this way, my favorite thing to do is, it's like a lot of this, we're, we're we're big adults, you know, like we are we're functioning adults, well, most of us, and uh, when we come <laughs> to these things, yeah, I'm making a making an assumption here, but when we come to things, we can probably be well, I mean, more well prepared than uh, than we think, and and. So let's say that I come prepared knowing how, like the, at least the overview of how to add people and teams and run reports. Then my questions when I have a real person in front of me can be so much better. It can be, all right, let's really dig into your use case and dig into the more of the, the feedback loop type stuff that we don't get. And I think that's such a strong way of doing it rather than starting from scratch and like, now I'm gonna teach you how to add people. We've just wasted 10 minutes that I think you could learn that on your own. Let's talk more about your instance and, and what you wanna do with that and whether it's in bulk or adding it from an API from a, a third-party vendor or whatever it is, right? You can have better, deeper conversations when you get some of the basics out of the way first. Well, what a what a great strategy just in general with, with SaaS and, and cloud-based software companies. There's, you know, traditionally less, you know, professional services that go along with that and more of a, a reliance on the, the, the customer to, to figure it out. And so to put those tools and processes and best practices in their hands and use that as really a part of the process, both in the sales and then on the onboarding, 
uh, you know, creates a differentiation that has nothing to do with your product, uh, but it does have, you know, value in the marketplace. And uh, that's pretty neat. If you look at across the next uh, 12 or 18 months, what's, what's the biggest one or two things you want to add to what you're doing right now to take it up a notch, add a little more spice? For me, it's, it's back to what we talked about earlier is I really want to dig into the use case stuff. And uh, I really want to get into, uh, it's not just about turning on things and, and, and tracking and, and running reports. It's about what do you do with that information? And one of the biggest things that, uh, that I've noticed, I mean, it's just simple stuff. Like how do you format your, your results to present to executives who have zero time for any of this, you know, like something like running courses like that and webinars and, and those types of things, I think are where I want to put a lot of energy into so that our customers are getting not just the best product, but they're also getting the best teaching when it comes to training, development, instructional design, that they're also learning from us and, and our best practices and how we do this every day. They're learning those things along the way. Lots of people that listen to this podcast are just getting started with customer education yeah. or extended enterprise in general. What's the most important advice that you would share to somebody that's that's thinking about getting going but hasn't taken those first steps yet? Man, I'll tell you, and it might sound weird. I'm, I'm going to be a little tangential for just a second. But I honestly think just looking at the bigger picture there, it's not just about customers. It's about getting buy-in to what you're doing uh, with with an LMS or with your training initiative anyway. You know, I think of it like if you were opening a restaurant, John. So think about this for just a second. I use this analogy, right, that you're opening a restaurant. I mean, what, do you, what are the things you really need? You need to make sure that your food's good. You need to make sure your service is great. You need to make sure that there's a process by which people can uh, can find it and they and they and they know about it, right? And I think the same stuff applies here, right? The when you look at it, is that people think that if you build it, they won't come. A lot of times, I'm going to turn on this LMS and ta-da, done. Everything's done and it's perfect. And but there are so many other variables. It's like that might be the good part. Like, okay, in my restaurant, people can um, come in and have a great experience in the lobby, and I give them one of those buzzers when their table's ready. They feel good about that. That's great. But what if the food is bad? meaning your content, like what if your content is any good? People are going to be, they're not going to engage with you in, in what you're doing. They're going to be put off by that. Okay, well, let's look at this a different way. What if your service is terrible, right? And, and all that stuff we just talked about isn't any good, but your content is great. You know, your food is great. And, and people really know about it because there's been a lot of uh, media attention. Still, doesn't matter. People will be turned off by that, right? And what if people don't know about it? And they're not on board with that. Uh, and, and you don't have the right executives sponsoring what you're doing. You're also going to uh, have a really challenging time. So you really need those three things. You need the support from executives and people that are going to be behind you and push it and market it. You need to have really good content that people want to take and not be put off by it. Right. And you need to have uh, a system in place to track all that stuff and make sure they have a good experience when they show up. That it's not 12 clicks to get to something and passwords are always breaking and those types of things. Thank you very much. Sage advice, experience advice. Uh, Mike Martin, uh, CLO at SAP Litmus. Mike, thanks for joining me here today. Yeah, thanks, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning Podcast Series uh, with your host, independent tech analyst, John Lay. You can find more of our resources at talentedlearning.com. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next one.